This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a moment, Senator Kevin Kramer is going to join us live. He's going to be sharing with you why he's decided not, not to object to the Electoral College vote tomorrow. We're going to get to that in a moment. First, I want to start with the latest. As many of you know, there's a very, very important Georgia sent-off races, two of them taking place right now. Polls have recently closed. The reason I want to talk about this first is obviously we'll get Senator Kramer's idea to see if the GOP is going to stay in the majority or not, but I want to lay it out this way. Last night we had Congressman Kelly Armstrong on the show. He shared with you the reason he's not going to stand up and object to the Electoral College vote is he says, in his opinion, it's unconstitutional to do so. All right, that's his point of view. We're going to respect that. My point to you tonight is this. You and I both know that if the Democrats win both these Senate races tonight, the Constitution will never be the same. It will never be the same U.S. Constitution as you, as, as you and I know it. So what's at stake tonight, what potentially could be at stake tomorrow, is the future of your freedoms, the future of this nation as we know it, a representative Republican. That's not hyperbole, folks. We've heard it out of their lips. Chuck Schumer, right? Let's take Georgia, and then we take over and we, we transform the United States of America. You know they're going to pack the courts, and what they're going to do is they're going to put a bunch of Democrat activists dressed in black robes, and those will be the judges. You and I both know if, if the Democrats win both these Senate races tonight, your Second Amendment rights, large part, bye-bye, bye-bye. Your First Amendment rights, we're going to change dramatically. You think Google and Twitter an impact on this election? Just wait if the Democrats take over. What's going to happen to your ability to communicate your point of view pretty much anywhere? And if you're a Christian right now, if you've got strong faith beliefs and the Democrats win these Senate races, you better have a plutonium spine or the faith of Jesus to go out and represent and talk about your Christian beliefs if they win both these Senate races. That is the impact for the future of this nation and the future of your freedoms, specifically and especially your religious freedom. So join us now to talk about these Georgia Senate races and why he's decided to object to the Electoral College vote. Live via Skype, Senator Kevin Kramer. I believe he's with us. Can he join us here? Senator Kramer, um, Happy New Year. Welcome back to Point of View. Let's just start with these Georgia Senate races. Do you think you're going to hold the majority in the Senate after tonight? Chris, I first of all, Happy New Year to you, and thank you. And I, the reality is, I don't know. As optimistic as I am, uh, I think everybody that's paid any attention knows this is going to be a razor-thin margin, one way or the other. Um, you know, I feel I feel pretty good that it's a special election or it's a runoff election, I should say. And we generally do well in runoff elections in Georgia. They have a peculiar, you know, as you know, process. But this is not a normal year. This is not a normal election. This is not a normal circumstance. So there's a lot of motivation for people to get out and vote. It really comes down to who gets, you know, who gets their people to the polls. Well, you saw what happened in Georgia. You know, Joe Biden allegedly won by just under 12,000 votes. I'm mm -hmm. sure you saw the phone call between President Trump and their secretary of state. So I guess mm -hmm. the question for you tonight is, do you feel that tonight's election will be a free and fair election filled with integrity? Well, Chris, first of all, one of the things to point out with regard to that is that uh, Senator David Perdue uh, outpolled 
President Trump by a couple of points in in uh, Georgia two months ago. So if that is maintained and without you know the the uh, presidential race on the ballot, that would speak well, I think, for our shot. But will it be safe and fair? One thing I'm concerned about. I've been watching some of the coverage, and I already noticed that they've got um, poll watchers and observers like 20, 30 feet away from where the counting is going to be taking place. That's not okay with me. That's a very big problem. Um, and I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat or who the poll watcher is. That's not the type of transparency that Georgia ought to be aspiring to. They should have learned their lesson. But, uh, you know, Chris, it is what it is. And, and um, we the good news is we have 8,000 volunteers on the ground. We have, you know, over 1,000 paid personnel on the ground there. So it's packed with lawyers and observers. And there's no question that the party is much better prepared, even if cheating does occur. So you said it is what it is. I think that's we're going to get to that in a moment because I think that's the rub that you're hearing from many of your constituents that they feel like, look, this, this isn't is what it is when it comes to the integrity of an election. So just for clarity to put a button on this, do you believe that tonight will be a free and fair election filled with integrity? I do believe that, okay, Chris. So then you'll accept I the results? As long as it's free and clear and, and fair. Um, I believe that it is right now. We'll see afterwards whether that's, that is and was the case. But I'm, the th reason I'm more confident, I guess, is because, like I said, there are 8,000 volunteers on the ground observing this, this uh, counting process. That, you know, there's nothing quite like transparency to keep things straight. Yeah, I, we, we hope so. Like you said, though, if they're 20 or 30 feet away, and you just mentioned that's not really transparent. Mm -hmm. So you put out a statement yesterday. I know you've had a lot of conversation about how you're going to vote tomorrow uh, regarding the Electoral College vote. Um, you said, look, I am not going to object. The big question I keep hearing from people, because it's happened many times before, you said in your statement, this is not unprecedented for people to object. So what's the downside if you just stand up and object because you want to see more integrity within our elections. Well, those are, that's two different questions. I do want to see more integrity in our elections, but it has nothing to do with objecting tomorrow. My, the reason I decided not to object tomorrow, and it is a decision that came by after weeks of research and prayer and contemplation and, and um, consideration, obviously, and a lot of counsel with lawyers and, and others, is because at the end of the day, the Constitution is what I swore an oath to. And my conscience is what's captive to God. And, and um, in the Constitution, there is no place in the Constitution for members of Congress or for the Congress in general to object. There's a place for them to vote or to rather to count the votes uh, of the electors that are certified and sealed, certified by the states, sealed and Pre uh, presented to the president of the Senate. So for me, it really came down to the Constitution. And um, so, it, yeah, go ahead. Uh, sir, you said that there's no place in the Constitution. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But sure. is there a place in the Constitution that suggests that you should just show up and uphold lawless electors? Well, Chris, that's your, you know, that's your Let me share with you my point of view on that, and then you can sure. discredit that. If you, sure. So in Pennsylvania, the, the, the Pennsylvania state constitution states there shall be no universal ballots, yet mm. they did it. Also in Georgia, okay, there's supposed to be no drop boxes there, um, and the Secretary of State. So they never went through the assembly, and you and I, I guess I should ask you, who makes state election laws? That's the state yes. legislature, yeah. correct? It's really important. It's, it so, is state legislature. Here's my that's point. The Georgia Secretary of State unilaterally changed those laws without the legislature signing off on that. So when you look at that, and, and sir, you've been saying that, and I've heard you on the radio a bunch, saying, look, the biggest fight I have is to fight for the Tenth Amendment, is to fight for state rights. So if that in, in, indeed is accurate, 
and you're going to vote your conscience, don't you then have a duty to stand up for these state rights to ensure that these election laws are done with integrity with the state legislature and not being universally changed by uh, executives? Actually, my responsibility is to count the votes. The responsibility of the entity that you're talking about would be the courts. And a federal judge did rule specifically on actually both those cases in Pennsylvania and Georgia. There weren't a lot of of uh, judgments per, so far, but that one. In fact, today there was a hearing in Georgia specifically on that question for the second time. So for the second time, a federal judge took up the question. And the, what happened in the first case, I don't know what's going to happen after today's hearing. Um, the court ruled that while the legislature did not change the, the laws, the legislature by law empowered the Secretary of State to be able to do that. So the Secretary of State was acting on the authority given to him by the legislature, and that was the ruling of the federal judge. Now, again, another hearing today was held in Georgia on that by a second federal judge. Uh, he, he also heard another case that was more of a state case because the state courts in, in uh, Georgia wouldn't take it up. In Pennsylvania, the most conservative, one of the very most conservative federal judges in America heard their case and threw the, threw the evidence out as not credible and it was upheld by a three-court panel all three Republicans one of them a Trump nominee uh, so I, it, it's yes it, it, do I have a responsibility to that sure but they're the ones that have to adjudicate it I don't make the, the judgment decision on whether it was fair or not after a court has said that it was so um, it's it's not it's a matter of the three co-equal branches having their role in staying in their lanes and I think that's fair. I think some people would say, because I know you obviously are very pro-life, and then if you're just going to sit there and stand by decisions by courts, then why go out there and fight to overturn Roe v. Wade? I don't want to get in the weeds of that, but let me bring this up. Well, not only that, but it's not even remotely close, because my responsibility on that is, first of all, to confirm good judges, second of all, to pass legislation that can pass legal muster, and if it doesn't, uh, you know, constitutional muster, then you try and try again, or, you know, okay. change the language. So I, it's a, it's an entirely different responsibility. I want to get into, you talked about, hey, look, Chris, I've sworn an oath to the Constitution. There's nowhere in the Constitution that suggests I've got the power to object to these electoral college votes. Um, mm -hmm. Guys, I'm gonna set up the, the soundbite here. This is from the 2017, January 6th, electoral college vote. It's a little bit longer clip. Before I get to that, because I wanna give our chance, the guys in the back a chance to set it up. Um, Senator Josh Hawley was on Fox News last night. He's a former attorney general. He knows the law very, very well. And he suggested, look, this is the only place due to statute that I actually have an opportunity to legally object to these electoral mm -hmm. college votes. So you say there's no constitutional way to do this, and yet you also said in your statement that there's precedent for people to object. I want mm -hmm. to share with you this clip, and I, I think the irony here, Senator, is that what you're going to see is it's actually President-elect Joe Biden presiding over this election. I was there. Yeah, I, I was actually were, so. there. But I want to play this clip for our audience to give them some context, because if you're saying that's unconstitutional, this guy shouldn't have done it in the first place. But listen yeah. for our audience closely to what Joe Biden says here, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. Mm -hmm. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama on the grounds that the electoral votes were not, under all of the known circumstances, regularly given, and that the electors were not lawfully certified, especially uh, given the confirmed and illegal activities engaged by the government of Russia uh, designed to interfere with our election and the widespread violations of the Voting Rights Act that unlawfully suppressed thousands of votes in the state of Alabama. Made allowed. Section 15 and 17 of Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both members of the House of Representatives and as both member of the House of Representatives and a senator. Is the objection in writing 
and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator. Mr. President, uh, the objection is in writing, signed by a member of the House of Representatives, but uh, not yet by a member of the United States. In Senate. that case, the objection cannot be entertained. So Joe Biden just read off a U.S. code sir, that says, hey, if it's in writing and signed by the House and by the Senate, yes, you've got a legal right to object. Why not just do that? Because you've got 12 or 13 senators, 140 House members. Why not stand up and object? Well, first of all, if, if, since there are 12 or 13 senators and a number of House members, there will be objections that will be heard and we will go into chambers. But frankly, the integrity of that, it, the constitutional integrity of that is in great question in my mind. It's never been tested constitutionally. It's been exercised. I mean, I was in the chamber that day. I'll, I'll never forget when Maxine Waters stood up. I think she was the third Democrat to make the same emotion on, but I think sure. it was a state of a different state, and he ruled her out of order. So if you say it's never been tested, so, but, the, but clearly you've just talked about a pathway that if it is tested, then you go and you deliberate and, re, and deliberate for two hours. I mean, that, that's within some statute or constitution somewhere that that, that opportunity well, is there, correct? It is not in the constitution. There is a statute that I believe violates the constitution, but there is a statute that has created that path and that path will, we will exercise it probably a half a dozen times or more tomorrow with or without it being constitutional and it will not prevail. But people have their reasons for doing different things. Mine is I'm captive to my conscience, which is captive to the to the Lord. And I, my oath is to the Constitution of the United States. And uh, in that context, I don't have the authority in my mind. It'd be very easy to object. That would be the easiest thing in the world for me to do politically. But um, that's not what I'm bound to. I'm bound to the Constitution. So, and I think one of the things that people love about you, Senator, is you, you're willing <laughs> to jump on any show, talk to anybody. And I keep hearing about the, the, your conscience and the Constitution. Where do your constituents fit in? Yeah, so certainly they're part of the instruction, right? They're always informative. And 99% of the time, the constituents and I are on the exact same page. Um, there's a reason that we have a representative government. There's a reason I got more votes than my opponent. It's because I agree with my constituents more often. That's the great thing about our exceptional system. But in our exceptional system, one of the things that makes it exceptional is the Electoral College, that North Dakota gets three votes on the Electoral College and New York doesn't get to trump them. They, they have more of them, but um, we, we don't, we're not denying that. We do not elect a prime minister. That's very different than electing a president by by the voters that are then certified by state legislatures, and those certified electors are then sent to the uh, to the House and the Senate. That's our process, but our process has nowhere in it, and not anywhere in this Constitution. The Tenth Amendment, in fact, is very emphatic about enumerated responsibilities and authority of the federal government, whatever is not enumerated belongs to the state. And then the Twelfth Amendment is very clear about our role is in the Electoral College. Um, but, but there are good people with different views. Josh Hawley's one of them. Uh, Ted Cruz another one. These are smart constitutional sure. lawyers that have chosen a different route. I know you've gotten a lot of feedback from your constituents, and I think many mm -hmm. people, the feedback I get is it just seems out of character for you not, not to do this. I don't want to get into that, but my, my question to you is this, is that mm -hmm. is there something that we don't know? And what I mean by that specifically is, is Mitch McConnell or someone from the Democrat party or Democrat mm -hmm. leader come up to you and said, hey, look, if you do this, you're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z in the next session. I mean, is there something, and I know you can only disclose so much, but is there something happening that we're just, we're just simply not aware of? Okay, well, thank you for that, because let me disclose everything. 
No, nobody. I've never heard from Donald Trump. I've never heard from one of his lawyers. I've never heard from Mitch McConnell on this other than um, he he did acknowledge to me today that this was a courageous um, an announcement and move that I made. Uh, he has told all of us, every Republican, I'm going to respect each of you, what about no matter the what your vote party? is. Has anyone in the minority party walked up to you and said, hey, if you're going to object, no, we're going to da 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 No, I've never heard from anybody from the minority party. I, I suspect the minority party loves this. Remember, they want to get rid of the Electoral College. They've been baiting us into this for a long time. I think impeachment was part of that, frankly. And so... Yeah, they would love it if we would all object, and then they could throw it in our faces in four years when Josh Hawley is, so, gets more electoral votes and they decide to take North Dakotas sir, away because sir, we did. I've, I've got to wrap it up here, but I have one sure. last question, and that is this, is that I hate to say it this way, but based on my open, you and I both know that the Democrats are not going to respect the Constitution the right. way that you're talking about tonight. So two things. One, why not fight fire with fire? And two, are the mm. Democrats taking advantage of your morality thinking that you're doing the right thing? Oh, I think Democrats take, you know, take advantage of our morality lots of times, but I don't set my morality aside or my compass aside because they don't have one. Um, there are Democrats as well that have have a compass. Remember, the last time this actually really did happen, Barbara Boxer was the senator who did join uh, House Democrats in, in George Bush yep. reelect, and she was the only senator in the entire place that voted for it. That's more common than than having a whole bunch of people doing it. So um, I, I don't. I don't begrudge anybody their rights, and I certainly don't impugn the motives of any of my colleagues that disagree with me. I just have made my decision both by intellect and conscience. Yeah, I was going to ask you there, Simon, is there anything that could happen tomorrow that would change your mind? We're out of time. <clears throat> well, not, 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 not on objecting, but perhaps I'm yeah. voting on objection. If something okay. in the debate is presented, yes, something thank could you. change my mind. Senator Kramer, thank you for always being available. We appreciate hearing from you. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, sir. All right, please uh, share your point of view with us. Very easy to do. Email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We're going to get to your points of view coming up right after this.